You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Frederick got me. I had never watched, um, what's not Chicken Hawk? Chicken, um, uh, chicken when you, um... Or Mori Mori Porovich. I can't think mm-hmm. of what the um what's the one when they when you chicken hawk <laughs> it's a show where you're pretending like you're somebody else to go on a date with somebody and then they bring catfish. Catfish, chicken hawk. Uh, catfish. Ladies and gentlemen, we invite your apprehensive listeners. <laughs> Welcome to the Afro Existential Podcast, a play and podcast in one. We're your host, Blaine Sparks Teamer and Indira Wilson. And for the next 25, give or take minutes, we ask you to take a moment, ladies and gentlemen, and think outside your box. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Afro Existential Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back. Yes. Thank you for coming back. (laughs) This week, you guys will notice that there is not a new episode up because we are preparing you for the finale. finale. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we have put together episodes one through four for your listening pleasure so they're all put together into one thing so if you haven't listened to them or if you have you can listen to it all together in one piece and that's going to get you all ready for the finale and boy oh boy do we have a finale for you not only do we have the final episode of the fantabulous play dead weight a journey in afro existentialism but child we have the great Tanya Pinkins as our interviewee. Yes, it is such an insightful and funny and fun interview. I cannot wait for everyone to hear it. She is a sage. Yes, and in, to say the least. <laughs> and we love her. <laughs> and we love her to pieces. I'm so honored that she... Uh, Gave us her time to do this interview. And we're going to learn all about our nuisance value. What is your nuisance value? What does that mean? She's going to break it down to us. So get ready. Yes. And if you haven't, 
Get your notebook out, honey. Take take some notes. And if you haven't listened to it already, please listen to the trailer for the coming soon of Miss Tonya Pinkin. It's yeah. very fun. Very fun. And next week, we'll have a big announcement. Bum, 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 the Afro Existential Podcast is going to new and brighter places. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So I wanted to talk a little bit about the neighbor. Someone referred to the neighbor as the deranged neighbor. The neighbor is causing a lot of controversy, huh? The neighbor is causing, (laughs) and I was trying to kind of understand it. And I think what I came away with was that a lot of times, you know, he's introduced by Georgina, who's saying, like, look who didn't take their medication today. So she's kind of already dismissed this person before we really kind of even see him as being medicated or medicated off off in some type of way. Yes. For her to even even interact with him appropriately. She can't even start because he hasn't right. even taken his look. He's oof, right. This, so, this um, so clearly he sounds different and he probably looks different than what they are used to. So what happens is, is that a lot of times, and I've experienced this throughout my life, you are dismissed regardless of what you're saying based upon the packaging. So your message can't even be heard because of what you look, you sound like. And people have these implicit or unconscious biases. So, Blaine, while we're yeah. sitting here talking about implicit and unconscious bias, why don't you tell the people what that is? Who, okay. me? <laughs> yeah, you. I would love to. Give me a beat. What are you going to do downtown? Get down. What are you going to do downtown? Get down. A pygmy is a tiny little human being. Ladies and gentlemen, explicit bias is a prejudice in favor of or against one thing, person, or group compared with another, usually in a way that's considered to be unfair. A pygmy is a tiny little human being. What are you going to do downtown? Everyone holds unconscious beliefs about various social and identity groups. The whole thing is ridiculous. Get down. Unconscious or implicit bias are social stereotypes about certain groups of people that individuals form outside their own conscious awareness. A pygmy is a tiny little human being. Unconscious bias is far more prevalent than conscious prejudice and often incompatible with one's conscious values. The whole thing is ridiculous. What are you going to do downtown? Get down. Biases, conscious or unconscious, are not limited to ethnicity and race. Though racial bias and discrimination are well documented. Go back to sleep. One's age, gender, gender identity, physical abilities, religion, sexual orientation, weight, and many other characteristics are subject to bias. All that's been explained leads to one conclusion. A pygmy is a tiny little human being. Go back to sleep. The whole thing is ridiculous. What are you going to do downtown? A pygmy is a tiny little human being. The whole thing is ridiculous. And so what he talks about in the elevator, they just think that, you know, they just kind of just completely dismiss. They can't even hear him. They cannot even hear him, you know. 
um, because of what he looks like and what he sounds like. And, you know, for me, when I look at, so often I look at what's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, how many people have got tied up into the name of it? And that's where they stop. So all of the other messaging and what they've been saying for the past few years, people can't even hear because they're like, well, all okay, well, but what are they, what are these people trying to do and what are they saying? You know, and now we're looking at these protests where um, people are now starting to kind of get what they were talking about. And so I think too often we, uh, we get so wrapped up in the packaging, but we're not really looking at the significance of the message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if he is, uh, I wouldn't call him deranged, but... Uh, I think he's, I always think of him as eccentric. He's eccentric. eccentric. Right, right. And at, at, at most. Right. And that's interesting because, it's interesting on a couple fronts because we have eccentric people in our communities, mm-hmm. right? You know, he is the, you know, how did Tina Turner get that accent? How did Eartha Kitt get that ass- accent? How did Roscoe Lee Brown get that accent? You know, mm-hmm. so we have all types of people in our community. But I think oftentimes the stories we get, so many people are left out. Mm-hmm. So we live in, you know, this is a Los Angeles story. So there are people from all over the world converging at this location. You know, it's the cross of people who are on their way up crossing with people who are on their way down. Right. And so that character, people like that do exist in our world. And and in our building. And in our building. And, and on our street. Yes. And, but so many of the stories that we experience, especially as with Black people, and it's so, it's still so kind of limited and constrained. So when you see this character, he definitely, oh my gosh, this is so out of place. And so I can't even, he, he's, he doesn't fit. Like you can't even hear what he's saying which is really unfortunate because how many people um, do we dismiss? And I definitely think that's a symptom of, you know, up until, like I said, up until now, have we been able to tell more stories, more Mm -hmm. of our stories. Right. And so often the marginalized don't get a story. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, we're still having to discuss whether or not people with disabilities should be represented in our stories. People right. with mental illness should be represented in our stories as right. a as part of our day to day life. And I think it goes to not always understanding or being taught to learn how to understand people with mental illness, but then also a basic lack of representation. So when they see somebody like the neighbor or hear somebody like the neighbor, they don't have enough, I think maybe storytelling layers already laid down Mm. to Mm. understand how to absorb. Mm. So he's beating against their basic sensibilities. People are going like, well, who is this? What is this supposed to be? Right. Versus being more inquisitive, like, oh, well, who is this? Right. What is this supposed to be? 
Right. He's so outside of what's happening even in the moment that it surprises me that it doesn't turn on people's senses to go, okay, wait, what is he saying? Right. Why is he here? And why is this character being utilized to tell this? Right. Why is this character challenging, is a challenging character for Georgina and it's a challenging character for the audience that I think people need to go back and listen to what he's actually saying. And I just want to bring up a point. He's challenging to Georgina, but when Helen meets him, <laughs> I, I met oh, your they neighbor. Just they just click. <laughs> they just click. Hey, it's kind of like, like Helen is so open. She's so open, yeah. It's, it's just to the world and she's right. just She's free of, you know, she hasn't told all these lies. Right. She is who she is. Right, right. You know, whereas Georgina is uh, totally closed and she's trying to put on a front and keep up the appearances. And, right, right. You know, and you know that now you know that Helen has, you know, traveled the world. Traveled the world. She's been exposed to all types of uh, people. So she's able to be very fluid and get in the door. She's able to get in that door into the building. And uh, I think that's the prime, that's the key is that it, it's always go, it always goes back to experiences and education. Right. Yeah, that, that people are afraid of the unknown. Right. Right. And the only way to move forward is to continue to expose people, is to have an education about other people. Right. And listen. And listen and recognize you may not know anything about this person. And that might be creating your implicit bias, your (laughs) unconscious bias. We all have it. We all have it. We don't learn enough about ourselves. Right. Yeah. We could have an education about ourselves. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) That that would be an interesting education. Right. Or what I always, what I really often try to do is if something like this comes up for me, I try to then put the mirror to myself Yes. and go, okay, why am I having this reaction to someone that's so eccentric or someone that is so this or so that, like what, what is that triggering in my own body? Like, why, why is that happening? Right. And that's the, con- that's the important conversation that you have to kind of work through. Like, why is this so threatening? Or why, why does this person seem so strange? Am I eccentric that way? And, um, you know, how do but people- see, I do think too, that there's a barrier in society where like, you're able to say that to yourself. You're able to admit that to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also a space where we're not able to admit that to the world. You're not able to say, oh, I feel threatened by that person. Oh, right. You know, right, right, because right. Um, we're, we're all supposed to have some very high level of understanding about everything. Otherwise, we're so ignorant. We have to get canceled and we can't be spoken to ever again. Right. You know, right, right. you're not allowed to admit that and say, I, I f-, you know, I find that so interesting in this whole Black Lives Matter this movement that we're going through that um, needs to be some safe space because we know that it's fear. You know, we know that it's fear of losing power. You know, we know that it's fear of um, for some people, interracial mixing, which makes people push back and say, no, all lives matter. 
you know, right. that makes people push back and go, uh, you know, that they can't, they're not, a, there's not a space for them to admit that they have these biases. Right. Because the moment you admit that you have a bias, the moment you say, I feel threatened, you know, which is irrational in an enormous amount of cases, you are, um, at this point, you get very canceled. You know, you have to be, say the right thing. You can't, there's no truth telling from the other side. There's no space for truth telling from the other side. Right. But it, that you bringing up that point where you, where you turn the mirror on yourself. If you can't do that, you can't move forward. If you can't ask yourself and admit to yourself, oh, why do I feel threatened? You can't ever say it's not right to feel threatened. If I had a little bit more education about this person. Or, you know, and you're using the, the word threatened. I would also add like annoyed. Annoyed, yeah. Like why does Irritated. that loud person, why does that loud person annoy me? Am I loud? Maybe I'm loud. Oh, I am loud. People have called me loud. <laughs> Hands up. <laughs> Ditto. So but whether we do it publicly or privately there, we have to give ourselves that type of space right. where we can turn the mirror on ourselves, where we can ask ourselves these questions and where we can question our own motivations, where we can, you know, try to make actual changes in right. our, in our perceptions right. of people. And really look at our unconscious and implicit biases and know the difference and and make it a decision to address them, you know, or say, I'm not going to, I know I have these biases. I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. And then, and that's, you know, that's being honest, but you Mm -hmm. first have to, you know, at least admit that they are there and that they ultimately have an impact. Ladies and gentlemen. So today we have a great, fantastic interview for you. The wonderful Mr. K.J. Middlebrooks, who plays the various hosts in our play. Yes, it's Alex Winters, child. Alex Winters. The host of Who's That Baby's Daddy and the host of Celebrity Gossip News. Yes, and one of the loveliest people we've ever met. So enjoy. We invite your apprehensive listeners. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to welcome the multi-talented actor, K.J. Middlebrooks, to the Afro Existential Podcast. Hello, K.J. Hello, hello. Please, no applause. Please, no applause. Sit down. Sit down, everyone. Sit down. You've been listening to the wonderful play, Dead Weight. KJ plays multiple roles in the piece. My favorite being the host, Alex Winters. <laughs> you are shooting blanks, Colt. <laughs> you yeah. are not that yeah. My My yeah. mix of Oprah and Jerry Springer. Like <laughs> and KJ is also a voiceover actor and content creator. Uh, and seriously, one of the nicest people we have ever met. Aww. So we are so happy to have him. So happy. Yeah, thank you for letting me be here and for giving me some place <laughs> for my wife not to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> during the pandemic, only during the pandemic. Also play celebrity gossip host who covers Marissa's untimely demise in Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. And both hosts highlight 
the idea of suffering as entertainment. Absolutely. And, and that's the real thing in terms of what happens in entertainment now that it seems like, especially for Black people, that somehow all of our characters are somehow based in the struggle of being Black or ties back to slavery. And, you know, someday could, I don't know, I'd just be a doctor or, you know, just be a bird watcher. <laughs> A bird watcher. Bird watcher. <laughs> bird watcher that's black. But but it does seem like what they want to see or, or what resonates with people is, is seeing the struggle. Every moment of our life, believe it or not, is not tied into pain and suffering right. and brutality. A lot of times I'll watch a, mo a movie and I'm just like, okay, what's going to happen to mama? Who's going to be killed? <laughs> Mama's going to be sick. <laughs> daddy got cancer who's yeah. going to jail and yeah. i'm just in angst you know and then nothing happens and i just like oh we made it through the movie <laughs> mama lived mama, mama lived <laughs> she made it mama lived daddy lived a lot of our history here has been very has been, been very painful and then yeah. a lot of the people who have been telling our stories yeah. You know, they yeah. all they're ever taught in history is slavery, civil rights, yeah. gang war, gangs in the inner city, and right, sure. crack. And then this one white woman out here that saves everybody. You know, the right. <laughs> she's a teacher, she's a civil she's rights a activist, coach. she's a football, right. football coach, and she's adopting right. kids. You know, wasn't, I mean, wasn't there that lady that got into the NAACP that turned out to be white? But yeah, uh, Rachel Dolezal. We oh, reference Lord. her, she's referenced in the play as being uh, transracial. <laughs> yes, yeah, transracial. So why can't we be trans affluent? I mean, yeah. she put on, she right. got a tan, oh. got some braids, and uh, she got a Netflix special. So why can't we be <laughs> trans affluent? <laughs> Which I'm refusing to watch, but I feel like I'm, I'm about to have to, so I can just be mm. a part of the conversation. Able to reference it, right. Yeah. Which was like last year, the conversation was last year. <laughs> Hey, right. Oh, no. <laughs> right, right, oh, no. right. As a storyteller and a performer, how do you approach your creative process? And what type of stories would you like to see told? My creative process is, is trying to get two things. One is grounding it in something real, something I've experienced, somebody I know. And then also asking myself the question, what's something I haven't? seen before and, mm -hmm. and trying to find a mesh between those two things a character that i know experiencing something i've never seen before and then what that discovery is i would really like to be on one of the star trek series i i i, I love where they're going and what they're exploring and and again it, it takes it to the next level usually of it's beyond culture all that's been handled and fixed and now what's happening now and so I, I love that environment and you totally should as we were preparing the questions for this i was going through and thinking about this like where where what what where could we where kjb and i was i was trying to think of all the different things and all the different shows and i was like that, what you just said that would be perfect i'd love it i love it <laughs> star I'm, trek I'm... so exploring space yes as an actor and as a performer, as a creator here, you know, how do you remain balanced, you know, mentally as an actor, you know, with, with these sorts of with things like this coming towards you, but then also just 
the general struggle of of remaining a performer in you know in this industry the honest answer is that i don't remain balanced it's it's having an awareness that when you get out of balance what what you need to to take care of yourself and and one of the things that i need is definitely family time or, or time with close friends where it's not about the rat race what have you gotten where have you gotten to the other side is in terms of going out and being an actor is never having the mindset that i'm competing with anybody else for a part and trusting the parts that i get those are the ones i was meant to get and the ones that i don't get that was meant for somebody else because if i ever step into that mindset of that guy took my part or i should have been doing this then you stay in that negative energy you got to stay in a place of trusting the roles that you get the parts that you get and then network and play with friends you know that's that's the best advice i have are you originally from california nope i'm from atlanta georgia i'm a southern gentleman that has come out to the wild wild west so what are the top five important things that you've learned living in california that if somebody was coming here could be helpful for them to know? If you're moving out here, my first advice is to not come out here by yourself, to move out here and crash with somebody you know. To not make it about, I gotta find a place, I gotta have an apartment, like crash with somebody, slip them some money, put food in their refrigerator and get the lay of the land from somebody else's house that you know and use that as kind of a reconnaissance of figuring out what area works for who you are. And also have a long-term plan. Don't think that it's going to happen overnight. And, you know, you got you to gotta know why you're doing this. If you don't love it, if you're, if you're after something else, this is not the career for you because it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the fuel to keep going, to keep getting up every day, to navigate the nose, because you're going to get nose, you know, choose something else. And, and that's totally cool. And also be a collaborator, you know, be someone that loves to contribute to someone else's project and help. And that's how you'll keep building and build your network, value people. The fifth thing, yeah, don't quit, you know, just don't, don't give up on yourself. Uh, you got to believe in you before anybody else is going to believe in you. So you got to love on yourself. You got to know what you need to get yourself up every morning. And so take some time to learn about yourself. What are the things that you need to refill your, your, your energy? If you're, if you're a cell phone, how, how do you plug in and recharge? Know, mm. know that and be able to set that up for yourself so that you can recharge yourself it's going to drain you. Uh, like, like we're talking about in terms of Afro existentialism, the game is stacked against you and you've got to figure out your, your ninja way, your Jedi way to flip the script and be recharging yourself when they think they're draining you down. You've got to be real with yourself and to not always try to be that younger past version of yourself. You've got to mm. create yourself from where you are and go after the roles that reflect who you are. You know, that's, that's why you got to have friends because friends will tell you the truth. Well, friends, so I was watching, uh, what's it called? The, the, the J-Lo movie where she's the dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know right. what I'm talking about? What's Hustler, it called? Hustler. Hustle. 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 Hustlers. Hustlers. Right. 
And last night around 1 a.m., I decided that I was going to reinvent myself as J-Lo. That's what I decided. I I decided this 50-year-old woman, 50, I can look like this. Dare I say, I could try too. I mean, it's possible, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've never tried that. I mean, I've been playing 50 since I was 25. I wish I was lying. Mm. I've been... Well, you know, it's so funny because I wrote, when I wrote Box Seats, uh-huh. that play, there was a daughter who I wrote specifically for Indira because the daughter was the same oh. age of Indira. Uh-huh. So I said, I specifically wrote this character for you because you would be hilarious. And she I is think the I was, same I was age, too old. Same age as you were. No, I but you, I think I thought I was too right. old. Right, you were like, I'm too old. I have to play the mother or the grandmother. Like I'm the grandmother. I'm like, That's I how we would have gotten in my mind. Right, mm. right, right. Mm. But now, see, you've yeah. gotten it out. It's gone. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I never like anybody who's doing, doing their part of it. Right. <laughs> <They're not laughs> they don't get it. They don't get it. Just for Christ's sake. And while, we're, t- right. while we're touching on that, I want to say the box seats experience, getting to do kind of a, a table read in front of an audience was really fantastic. Oh, uh, thank you so fun to get to do and, and play on stage and, and the dialogue getting laughs from the audience that was that was a treat that was i was so grateful to get to play around in that sandbox thank you so much hopefully after hopefully that'll be the next one blaine of uh the play series i'm very inspired by this new wave of trying to tell your everyday story which is another reason why i love this piece so oliver says to his mother do you believe that people can change and georgina says no not at all. We are who we are on the first day of kindergarten. Can you recall your first day going to kindergarten? Huh. It's funny. What I remember uh, most about my, my kindergarten or nursery experience was that, fortunately or unfortunately, my mother was a teacher at uh, Spelman College. And mm. so I ended up in nursery there on the campus so unfortunately for the teachers i was familiar with the whole campus so i found ways to escape nursery school (laughs) i would literally when they let us out for for pe i would make a a bolt for the gate and there was a section of the gate that was small enough that i could get through but the grown-up person couldn't so by the time they doubled back through the building i was gone (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> so, so just my to early hang out or to go find your mama just to go hang out well no it turned out my grandmother was actually on campus as one of the dorm mothers so i would actually go over and hang out with my grandmother <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of my earliest memories of you know was because i knew my way around it was like what's this new thing y'all telling me to do i'm not gonna do this and right I, right I right my own thing so I guess if if we use that as the basis for what you said, I guess that's still what I'm doing today. Yeah, I still right. have figured out my own way to do things. And I, I do believe in get a lay of the land first so you know where right. things are. And wow. take yourself there. So, so yeah, I guess that that is true for me in a, in a certain way. Because awesome. I had already been there. 
Pretty much. Well, right. I mean, my grandma would feed me and let me watch TV. That's a lot right. of school. And she was probably so happy to see you. She, didn't, she knew damn well you were at school. She knew you were supposed to be somewhere. She's like, oh, come in here. Play with mama. Let's watch my life to live. This was her baby, her grandbaby. Yeah. They eventually got me out of that and got me to stay there. But yeah, that's that, right. that is my earliest memory of of, of school was getting out of there. Wow. Do you, do you remember yours in Dara? So much of my kindergarten is ingrained on my brain. It's like not even, it's mm. not even funny, but I've been trying to think of like the essence of who I am, you know, and how, and how that started in kindergarten. Like I've always wanted to be one of these people by second grade. I remember telling my grandmother, I couldn't spell important. And I came home crying because I was like, how am I ever going to be important if I can't spell it? (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to be like, I'm going to do my best here. And you're going to see, you know, just how great I am, you know, or how, but even not so much in comparison to the other people, but I wanted to be appreciated for my intelligence. Mm. However, my mouth, you know, sort of has always gotten in the way of that. I'm just yeah. yellow and bright and loud. Yeah. And so it was all, anything I said, I was the one talking. Anything that happened, <laughs> I was the one yeah. you could see. You know, in the play, Georgina and Oliver pack up the dead husband slash father into the family trunk and they transport his body back to his job because there's a higher insurance payout if he dies at his job. Now, the question to you, KJ, is would you move a body for money? And is there someone who you know that would do it with you if you did? (laughs) I am an honorable man. (laughs) However, Yes to question one, and yes to question two. <laughs> and who would help you move this body? Wait, I got to put their name out there? See, oh. this, is, this is being recorded. Well, How about this relationship? How about relationship? Yeah. <laughs> well, I am part of a fraternity, and so I have several fraternal brothers that I know if I picked up the phone and called them, they would not have a question. They would come and help me handle business. You know what would be a really good cold word for that is if you had to if you ever called somebody you prearranged and said mm-hmm. it's Thursday and I'm cooking collard greens <laughs> and shrimp and grits <laughs> cornbread and if you get here quick enough there will be mac and cheese <laughs> And say it with that inflection. Can you be here for dinner? (laughs) And if they say, I am full, the answer is no. If they say, I'm starving, they're on their way. (laughs) But each thing means something more. If it's three items, it has hit the fan. What if they say, and who else is coming to dinner? Just you. You. Because <laughs> I made too much. And it's a mess over here. <laughs>
AJ, this has been a pleasure and certainly a lot of takeaways for me. I have to say, and this is really the way, look, if this podcast don't help nobody else, it sure is helping me. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I'm like, hmm, this is why God had us do this. This has helped me. This helps me so much. Every time I'm like, this is good good advice. If you haven't listened to to Dead Weight, A Journey in Afro-Existentialism, we hope that the audience will continue to listen. I was listening to the stuff today and it is funny. It was, it was actually good for me because it's, it's, it's been long enough that I had forgotten parts of it. Right. <laughs> right. Hearing, hearing stuff again was really like, oh, yeah, I remember laughing about that when I was, uh, I was reading. Now, I don't think you were, you're only there for your segments. I didn't know all that had transpired before. So. Right. Uh, right. So you'll get to be listening to this almost like a new listen to it. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Thank all right. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you, AJ. You're very welcome. Thank you, guys. Again. I, it's this. It's great to get to play with you guys, and and thank you for every opportunity that you've given me. Thank you guys so much for joining us again for the Afro Existential Podcast. Have a great day on purpose. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.